Hey folks, welcome to another episode of the Uncivilized Podcast. This is Trevor Bohm, your host. And usually on these Monday mornings, I do a solo episode. But today I'm bringing you the audio recording from a call that I just got off of, a live call with about 50 people, many of whom the uh, men in the Uncivilized Nation. But this was a open house for the nation and a Q&A call around relationships. And we started by me sharing what I think are the three most important questions that every man needs to know how to answer in a relationship and all the work he needs to do to be able to answer those questions. And then it turned into some really amazing conversations about being single, about setting boundaries, about how, how to have hard conversations. And if you listen till the end, this young man named Miguel came on and just blew everybody away. So enjoy this call. If I don't hear or see you or hear from you beforehand, have an amazing holiday. Thank you for following the Uncivilized Podcast. I appreciate you. I love you. Go be a fucking legend. All right. Welcome, everybody. For those of you who do not know me, my name is Trevor Bohm. I run an organization which many of the male attendees are a part of called the Uncivilized Nation and have a movement in the world called Uncivilized, which is kind of looking at how everybody else does things and going the opposite way. And tonight is an open house, an open conversation, where some of these guys are going to pop in, or you're welcome to pop in with Q&A about anything that you think I may be able to help you with. I spend most of my day talking to men or talking to women about men. And so tonight we're going to open with a little bit of a conversation around relationship, that scary R word, and how men specifically, how we can show up a little bit differently and perhaps a little bit more powerfully. And let's frame this around, there's work that needs to be done to be able to answer the three questions that I'm going to pose. And the work that you do to be able to answer them is probably more important than the actual answers. So there's some like back work here. And the number one word that I think men need right now, especially, especially in relationship. Yes, we need a lot of words, but the number one word is clarity. Ambiguity, I've written this in the past, is the death of intimacy. And like, eh, I don't know. And I can say this as the actual, like I have a crown upstairs, the king of ambiguity. Anybody who had dated me after my divorce for maybe four years and was like, I don't know. Where do you want to live? I don't know. You want to get remarried? I don't know. You want to have kids? I don't know. I actually did know all that shit. I just didn't want to say it. Or I kept telling myself that I didn't want to know. Because with clarity... When you share with someone with clarity, as you're going to hear in the next 10, 15 minutes or so, it's scary. Because if I'm really clear about what I want, and I share that with my partner, my potential partner, my new partner, and they go, wow, thanks. I don't want that. Then I have to deal with rejection, this not working out, us not being together. And that sucks because she smells good and is fun to hang out with. So what do a lot of us do in relationship? We take the cards that we have. Like if we had 20 cards of truth and we have this new person in front of us and we're like, 
which card does she want to see? And I'm going to speak heteronormatively here tonight for simplicity, but this goes for male on male relationships, female on female relationships, or however else they're constructed. And I go, wow, I think she likes that card. So I put that card out. And then she may go, ooh, he wants to see this card and put this card out. As opposed to just being like, here are my cards. Now, I'm willing to let you see them, even if that means we're going to high five and never see each other again. That's the risk. And I've worked with people who are 10 years into a marriage, 15 years into a marriage, or three weeks into the dating process, and going, I don't want them to see this card. And this card isn't something drastic. It's not the like, I killed a bunch of people and they're buried in my basement card. It's the like, wow, I really want to explore this in my life. I don't want to have kids. I'm not monogamous. I want to start this business. That card. The longer you wait to show the card, the more weight it has. So let's know that. And so guys, I'm speaking directly to you. Why is clarity important? I don't know if this is true or not, but I made it up, so I'm going to say it's true. It feels like in relationship to women that women are like radars and they like ping. This is like, remember everybody seeing like the radar thing go out like ping and like the concentric circle thing goes out. They ping and they hit us. This is us. This is them pinging. If they ping something clear, like, hey, I know who I am in the world. I know what I want. I know what I want from you. I know what I, where I'm taking this relationship. Then that ping comes back with clarity. And then they get to experience clarity. If this ping comes out and I'm wishy-washy, like, I don't, know, I don't know, I haven't figured that out yet. I'm afraid to tell you, blah, blah, blah. Then that comes back wishy-washy. Clarity is something that has solid structure. Anybody who's followed any masculine feminine dynamic work realizes the masculine is the structure. So the clearer we can be about that structure, the more clarity they get to experience. Now, men are often, sometimes not, sometimes yes, but often singular, more singularly focused. We're less all over the place. We say this, the masculine is the mountain, right? The feminine is the chaotic. And chaotic here isn't a negative word. It's just the truth. It's just more quickly changing. So if someone who already experiences rapid change in their life and is looking for structure pings off of confusion, then that confusion is going to come back and add even more chaos. Does this make sense? Yeah? I don't think I'm completely off base here, although I can't show you the science. I can just tell you in the relationships I've been in and the conversations I've had with people, this is what they're saying is their experience. So here are the questions that, guys, we need to be able to answer. And if you're in the middle of a relationship, it's okay if this is a new conversation. Number one, what do you want and where do you want to take this relationship? Honestly. Do you have an idea of where you see this a year from now, two years from now, five years from now? Do you have any semblance of an idea? Obviously, there's an asterisk by that, which is shit happens. We all got hit with a giant asterisk this year, didn't we? And yet, 
for many of us, the plan is still the same. It just has some wiggles in it. What do you want? What, why, what do you want out of this relationship? Why are you there? What, what do you want? Do you want to get married? Do you not want to get married? Do you want to get married to three other people? Do you want to have 50 kids? Do you want to have one kid? Do you want to have no kids? Do you want to have five dogs? Do you want to live in a barn? Do you want to live in a van? Do you want to live in the city but have a house in the country? These are confronting questions for us because a lot of us, myself for the past couple of years, was like, I want to have every option available. And if I say, man, I want to get married, have three kids and live in a barn, then shit, I can't have the Costa Rican surf hostel commune fantasy that's going to go away. But part of maturing is realizing that we make decisions. So what do you want? And where do you see this going? And again, I would love to have this whole notion dropped into the call that this isn't about dictatorship. And this isn't about tyranny. This is about, hey, this is where I see my life. Especially if you're new in a relationship. It's like, hey, this is where my life's going. I would love to have you be a part of it. But if, if I want to go this way and you want to go that way, high five. I'm still going that way. That makes sense? Okay. Question number two. Why are you there for that person? Think about this. Maybe a lot of us haven't had this dropped into our relational collective conscious. Why are you with that person? What is your role for them? Think about that. What do you bring to them? What do you want to expand with them, in them, for them, provide? I, I know this word is super, super loaded, but I don't give a fuck. I use it anyway. How do you want to be of service to your partner? How do you want to serve them? And none of that has anything to do with submission or any of that stuff. I believe in relationship, we are both in service to each other in a conscious relationship. So I need to sit across from my partner and say, this is how I plan to be of service to you. And then deal with the risk. If she or he is like, I don't want that. Sounds dumb. Or I want the actual opposite. You're like, oh, well, at least I was honest. All right. What do you want to expand in them, open in them? accentuate in them, support in them, help them heal? How do you want to help them grow as an equal? Question number two. Questions on that one. And if you actually, you know, let's circle back at the end and with any questions. Question three, what do you want from them? This is one of the scariest ones. Anybody a recovering codependent? Hi, you know what I want from you? Nothing. I just want to give to you. You know what makes me happy? Making you happy. Ugh. So you want to puke. That was my marriage. Yay. Go figure it didn't work out. But what do you want from them? What can you sit across from another human being and say, hey, do you know what? This is what I'd love from you. This is what I want to expand. This is how I want to be served without the weird shit. This is how I want to be supported. These are my wounds. 
These are the things I need help working through. And guys, for us, it's kind of intimidating. We've been told our whole lives, like, you don't, you don't have needs. You don't have room for needs. Not allowed to ask someone for something, especially in a relationship. Remember, dude, you're the provider. Well, let me know how that works out. This is all about honesty. And that, that third one is a very vulnerable conversation. You're kind of going like, eh, here's all my shit, right? And this isn't a dump. We're not like, I have this problem, this problem, this problem, and this problem, and I can't wait till you fix it. Good luck with that one too. I have a spare room if anyone wants to crash with me for a little while. Don't do that. But imagine the level of intimacy, if we use another scary word, that this, this conversation would require. Man, it's going to take some listening. It's going to take some open-heartedness. It's going to take some vulnerability. It's going to take some risk. Holy shit, I don't know about you guys, but that sounds a lot like a relationship I want to be in. Because it's real. And it requires me to do some work with a journal, a meditation mat, maybe some mushrooms, something to figure out what, what I want and why I'm here. Those are the three. I think if I can add one last piece, this is like the bonus piece that you didn't know you were coming, but you came so you get it. What is your real challenge relationally? What has your challenge been in the past? I have a ton of abandonment issues after a divorce and after my upbringing. So I know that like, that's my trigger. So in partnership, I get to say to my partner, this isn't about you. This isn't about anything that you've done. This isn't about anything that you're going to do. But if I send you a text and I don't hear back for two hours, I'm going to assume two things. Either one, you've left and you're never going to talk to me again. Or two, you've gotten kidnapped. The second one is just because I'm weird. I watch a lot of A&E. But the first one, like they need to know that. Not so that she's like, oh my God, let me, I have to like stop this huge meeting I'm in or whatever. Like I can never go two hours distance. She just needs to know that that's my thing. And then I can also share like, you know, what really helps if maybe every Monday morning you tell me you're going to stick around and then it's like a fun game or something light. But again, it's, it's honesty as opposed to how many of us show up in a relationship and be like, here are my cards. Oh, you want to see them? Right? Or what do so many of us do? And I'll use this example. I have nothing against vegans. I think they're lovely people that don't message me online and try to convert me to be a vegan. But how many of us in relationships are meat eaters dating a vegan or married to a vegan pretending to be a vegan? And then what do we do? We eat meat on the side. We eat meat when they're not around. Come on. No, I wasn't eating meat. Same thing with these cards. So be vulnerable. Show yourself. If that person says, wow, that doesn't work for me. Trust me, you've just saved like 35 grand in divorce fees. And kids whose lives may get fucked up from this. 
and families that no longer talk to each other and all the shit. If anybody's been divorced, you know, it's, it's not a fun process. If anybody's had to have someone move out of their house or the house that you lived in together, it's not a fun process. And I think so much of this can be avoided, avoided by some honesty up front. Okay. That's my relationship spiel. The three questions, just to reiterate them. What do you want? Where do you see this going? Especially for men. Number two, why are you there and how are you there to serve? And number three, what do you want and what do you need back from your partner? This is now an open conversation about just about anything you guys can throw. So don't be shy. And holy shit, we have 50 people on here. Good for you guys for showing up. I really appreciate it. If you have a question, either throw it in the chat. I, I will have to scroll screens to see if you're raising your hand. I'll scroll screens. Or you can just unmute yourself. I don't think I can even unmute mute people. I don't have that as much as I love control and power. It doesn't give it to me. Um, I actually yeah. have a question. Hi. Hi, I'm Sheena. Hi, Sheena. My question is, well, I guess twofold. One is... What is there a female version of the the nice guy, the nice chick? And if a uh, second part is, have you ever thought of doing co-ed type circles? I'll answer question two because I know the answer to it off the top of my head. Yes, uh, that's happening next year. Uh, this is the last kind of public thing I'm doing this year. And then the guys in the nation have some things on Sunday, but yes, there will be more co-ed offerings next year because here's my, my fantasy two years ago was getting a room full of 10 men and a room full of 10 women or 20 and 20, having each of us share our experiences on this earth, how we may have been hurt by the other and going, holy shit, I had no idea you guys think, feel, and believe on that. And then doing some healing. But I think men right now need to do work on our own before we come to the table and meet with women, because there's still too much in the shadow. And I would say for your first question, and women feel free to chime in on this one, I imagine it's the good girl or the cool girl. And so it's like, I don't care. She fucking cares. Like, I'd love to do this. She doesn't want to do that. Right? It's like, I don't want to be a, what do you guys say? Like, I don't want to be a burden. I don't want to be on fun. I don't want to be a nuisance. I don't want to be X, Y, and Z as opposed to authentically showing up. The nice guy is not authentic. The nice guy is fucking lying to you. And it may be for very good reason because he's actually terrified of being abandoned. And so will mold himself into whatever you think you want him to be. So whatever the female version of molding yourself into whatever you think you want your partner, yes, someone just said the cool girl, whatever you think you want your partner to be. That makes sense. So this is really, we're dealing with codependence and codependence is I'm okay. If you're okay. Interdependence is I'm okay. I'm concerned that you're not okay. And so I'm going to, I'm going to hold space for you. I'm going to talk to you. I'm going to work with you, but I'm okay. Codependence again, right? It's the question when we ask codependence, ask, are you okay? They're not asking, are you okay? They're asking, am I okay? And so it's this weird, insidious, like you can feel it. 
Like a man, especially who is his life is going in the direction he wants it. He's got purpose. He's got mission. He's got drive. He's got male friends. He has a sense of self-esteem. He realizes the abundance of the world. He realizes the abundance of women is going to stand in front of you and say, I want this. I want you. I know that I have all of this choice of all this other stuff in my life. And so I'm choosing to be with you. The codependent goes, I don't have a fucking thing. So I need you. Very different energies. I want by choice. I'm cool. And I, I need, it's like this, God, I tell you, I was it. And so I, I'm, I'm speaking from, from a place of being like, oh, it's so disgusting. But yet looking back and knowing why. Does that help? Awesome. Thank you for being here. Can I make one point? Really sure. Quick? That whole thing about, um, the nice guy, the nice girl, both of them, I think falls right into your point number one of clarity. And it's when you come up against somebody who will play into whatever you want and not really know themselves what they want, mm -hmm. that's when you get that Gumby. Mm -hmm. Like they don't even, they have not taken the time to figure out where their yeah. passion is, what they really love, what they're about, what they hate. And when you haven't had that amount of time to be strong in that, you have no idea how to project that to somebody else or explain it. And so sure. like when you're doing that radar and like you're getting that strong signal, women love that because we trust that you have done work to figure out what you like. And sure. when you trust yourself to know that, I can trust you. Beautiful. It's the iceberg theory, right? So the tip of the iceberg is the three questions. What's underneath the water is all the work I have to do to own those three questions or the men have to do to own those three questions. So I'd love to take a, a question here from the chat, which is where's the fine line to draw between what do I want from them and give to get nice guy covert contract? I love it. Such a great juicy question. So for those of you who aren't familiar with what a covert contract is, a covert contract is the nice guy's bread and butter. And so I'll speak in very raw terms because I like them. A covert contract is I mowed the lawn in hopes that I would get to have sex with you tonight. But I'm not going to tell you that. So I'm going to mow the lawn and then be sitting there on the couch like. And then you're going to come home from work and take a shower and read and eat dinner and go to bed. And I'm going to get all poopy. Why? Because you couldn't read my mind. And I'm terrified to say, hi, partner, I really want to have sex with you tonight and risk you going, not tonight. And since risk to me is death, I want to play this secret little game that has no risk. So to answer your question, Dave, there's, co there's nothing covert about sitting down from a partner and saying, hey, here's what I want from you. Here's what I need in relationship. Not maybe specifically from you, but here's what I need in relationship. That's a really honest conversation. If that's not something she can meet or wants to meet, then we have to have a conversation about, do I get that need met elsewhere or are we just not the right people for each other? So I think if you're, if you're secretly having wants and needs, that's where it goes covert. I remember Esther Perel saying in a workshop, if you guys don't know her work, she is a fucking genius but saying, if you want to have a scary conversation, if you want to know terror, 
Sit down with your partner of however many years and tell them all of your sexual fantasies if you've never had that conversation before. And then watch their face because one of two things is going to happen. You're either going to have an extraordinarily fun evening or they're going to go, holy shit, I had no idea you were so fucked up. And how long have you had this and what have you been doing? Right? So directness. That's where there is no fine line, I don't think, between covert contract and asking someone. Asking someone directly eliminates the covertness. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, another question. Any advice on point number three to ask for what you want in a skillful way without being a demanding asshole that makes her feel like she isn't good enough? Well, there are two, there are two separate things here. One, a skillful way to ask, and two, how she feels. You're not in control of how she feels. So I could be the most eloquent, skillful, like 70 years of relationship genius and explain to my partner that, wow, once a week, nothing makes my chakras light up and makes me feel more like a man than a back rub. And I was like, oh my God, people are like taking notes on how skillfully I did it. And she's like, so you're saying I'm not enough. So it doesn't dis whatever the word is, it doesn't make you not have to be skillful. And I find personally, the best way to be skillful is to speak about myself. Like, God, you know what really makes me feel loved, appreciated, honored, enlivened, and just like juicy with you when you rub my back. And you know what? You did it two weeks ago and fuck, I haven't been able to get it out of my mind since. That's very different than, you know what? It sure would be nice if someone rubbed a back around here considering how hard I work. You know, my ex, a little bit prettier than you are, she rubbed the fuck out of my back every night. Not that I'm thinking of her, but man. Mm. Right? So skillful is I statements. Skillful is how do you feel? after you receive this? What's positive? I think that's, and, and women feel free to dive in and say, yeah, I love it when a guy comes to me and says, gosh, do you know what? You are amazing as a partner. I have had a shit week. You have magic hands. I would just love it if, you know, God, would you mind rubbing my back for five minutes? I would love it. Then if she freaks out, and be like, God, I'm not enough. I'm not enough. One, hold space for it. And then two, Google a good counselor. Because that's some work you guys, she can either do on her own or you guys can do together. Remember for all of us, men and women, if we're the ones getting triggered, then it's in part our responsibility to work through that. And if we're not willing to work through that, that's not our partner's job, men and women. Yeah, makes sense. Mr. Boyd, you had a question? Yeah, hey, Trevor. Um, How are so, you, for, Just so I'm you guys good. know, this is Dave Boyd. He runs the nation with me. He's a rock star. Everybody say hi, Dave Boyd. Officer, Ex-Officer Dave Boyd. I keep wanting to call you Officer Dave Boyd. All right, brother. Good to see you. Good, brother. I hope you are. Thank so you. Uh, to kind of bring in some stuff that's been happening in the nation lately so we can talk a little bit more nation oriented you know there's been a lot of conversations lately about how to set up one of these conversations right so it's a lot easier if you're coming in and doing the work 
beforehand and you come into the first conversation and put your cards on the table and say, look at it. But how do you frame this conversation if you're a man who's been in a, a relationship for 10 years and now you want to lay your hand on the table? How do you create that safe space and then hold space for that? Mm, beautiful question. First, I think, again, you have to come to that. Com- you have to be responsible for the energy with which you come to that conversation. So you have to do some of your own work. If I have to have a hard conversation with my partner, the first thing I do is visualize a positive outcome. I know that may sound like 1990s Tony Robbins work, but I do it anyway. Just visualize us ending the conversation, high-fiving, hugging, running upstairs, and rabbiting, right? So boom, how do I come? Number two, set and setting. Anybody who's worked with psychedelics knows how important set and setting is. So I'm not going to, and this is, uh, I won't say his name, but I have a very good friend, which a number of you probably follow online, who from time to time will call me and say, I was just about to fall asleep after like an 18 hour day. And I feel the, can we talk about something? And he's like, ah, we were together all day. Why did you wait till I was about to fall asleep? (laughs) So be skillful with which when this conversation is going to happen and set it up beforehand. Hey, hon, after the kids go to bed tonight, I would love it if we could sit down and have a 10 minute conversation, just us, no phones, everything's great, but there's something I'd love to bring in and, and talk with you about. Do you have space for that tonight? And if your partner's like, today is not the fucking day, then cool, you've checked in. Right. So what happens so often is we live the conversation in our heads, imagining how it's going to go with 72 different outcomes and are so anxious. And our partners, they're about to take a bite of their first bite of dinner. And we're like, what do you think about we do this? And like, whoa, I haven't spent five days preparing for this. You have. That's not fair. So set and setting. Then when you are there. This is the key, and this is scary, and no one likes to hear this. A little bit of vulnerability. You know what, hon? We've been together for eight years, and still this conversation scares me a little bit. Not because I'm leaving, not because things are bad, but I really need you to know I'm a vegan. Whatever it is, right? I love you. I care about you. I think this can change our relationship in this way. How do you feel about X? One of the geniuses in relationships, women, you guys are masters at this. Men, we're getting better at it, is enrolling our partners. That word, enrolling. So if I want to start meditating for five minutes a day every morning with my partner, that's the hard conversation we need to have. When I sit down and say, wow, you know what? This is a little scary for me but I want to bring something in. I would love for us to meditate for five minutes a day. Here's why. I think it'll cut some of the noise out of our lives. I think it's something that we can do together. I think we will get X benefit from that. Right? How many of you have been in sales? You sell the benefit. No one wants to buy a stack of weights. They want to buy the abs and the shoulders. We're not like, it's metal. You get, it's heavy. You get to pick it up. You get to put it down. You're going to sweat. It's going to be awful. 
We're like, no, abs are awesome. Shoulders are cool. Make tight t-shirts, right? So how do you show up? You getting yourself like in a place that's vulnerable and open, open your own heart, do whatever work you need to do to that. Two, set the set and setting. Three, maybe perhaps realize that no one in partnership, I won't say no one, a lot of us are scared when our partner's like, hey, we need to have a talk. I don't know about you all, but I'm thinking like, okay, this is when bad shit happens. So put them at ease. Say what you want, tell them the, the outcome, and then here's a beautiful finish. Is there anything else you want to know about me or from me about this? Is there anything else you want to tell me? In other words, is this complete? Is it closed? Right? Like the, the, the loops, the open, the tiny little open loops and tail end things that don't get talked about are what end up uh, sowing the seeds of resentment. And resentment we know is the, the death of relationship. So is there anything else you want to know from me? Is there anything else you'd like to say to me? Okay, cool. Let's hug it out. Let's go meditate. Dave just hopped off the call, but was that helpful? Right. And this goes for, I, I actually guided someone through this two weeks ago who had to have a talk with her, with her boss. It's like, same thing, right? It's an uncomfortable conversation. All right. We got a few more minutes here. Any, anybody else? Look at all these smiling faces. Trevor, I got one. Yes, sir. Um, so this speaking? came up in a... Brad. Brad. Hey, what's up, brother? So this came up uh, in a mentorship call er earlier in the week, and we were talking about relationship and everything. And um, it was... The question was going along the lines of how, how to lead and follow in relationship and partnership and how that relates to people that are primarily alpha or beta or you know, that balance between open hand and, and closed fist. Um, and it was, it was, it was started by talking about masculine and feminine dynamics. Right. Sure. And I know from like our perspective in, in the uncivilized uh, movement here is like, we try to preach being in tune with our masculine, but also in tune with our divine feminine. Right. But you know, for somebody like me, I am primarily alpha. So it's, it's difficult for an alpha to follow and difficult for somebody that's primarily beta to, to lead. So um, I guess it's, it's a matter of questioning how to actually balance that in, in partnership, true partnership. Mm, I'm not sure I understand the question. Are you asking if two people who are leaders get together, what happens or two people who are followers, or if there's a, if there's a switch in the polarity, ask it a little different way, if you would. Just, just how to navigate that in partnership in a healthy partnership, like regardless of wherever you're, you're, you're primarily sitting, like, how do you, how do you tackle that with your partner? I'm still not quite clear. Are you asking, like, how do you lead? Uh, how do you, 
how do you recognize it first? Like who's actually mm-hmm. leading the, the partnership? And sure. then how do you, how do you offer the flexibility to take turns? Mm, beautiful. It's a great question, right? Cause I don't, in most relationships that I know of, no one's leading all of, one, one person's leading all of the time, unless it's specifically, I think that might've been the fly. Um, it's now attacking me. Uh, unless it's specifically set up that way. So it's about honesty, Brad. And it's about saying, again, this is partnership. Partnership is a give and take. Partnership is my circle, her circle, the relationship circle or buckets, right? And so if if this is happening in your partnership, then it begs some honest conversation. Does she, and we'll just use again, does she trust your leadership? Have you earned that trust of leadership? Right? That's a, a lot of it's a biggie of how clear are you? I always come back to me. If there's a relationship issue, if there's a leadership issue, I come back to me. Where, where can I get clearer? Where can I make my communication clearer? Where can I make my non, when I'm not with her, clearer? So that so much of this happens non-verbally. Right? If you are wired in your language as a leader and your partner is wired as a leader, then you have some, you have some honest conversations if who's going to be leading. If you're both like, I'm leading, I'm leading, then you're going to have a challenged relationship. No different than if it's like, I'm following, I'm following. Someone's got to be leading. However, in my experience, if there's a, a challenge with leadership and followership, it's often a challenge of trust. And that doesn't happen overnight. And so it's these micro movements. It's micro leadership. It's, it's how are you using your language, right? If you are the leader, but yet you're still asking as opposed to saying, opposed to telling a lot. And I think I've shared this with you guys a number of times. When I first started dating, one of the things I immediately stopped doing was asking people their names. I still do this with guys. I don't ask people their names. I say, hey, I'm Traver. What's your name? I'm sorry. I say, I'm, Tra- I'm Traver. Tell me your name. Tell me your name is very different than what's your name. In a leadership position, how often are you asking your partner to make decisions while calling yourself the leader? I catch myself with this still all the time. Hey, would you mind turning the light off? In essence, I've really asked her, do you mind turning the light off? She could stand there and go, no, I don't mind. And she's literally answered my question and all should be well, but the fucking light's still on. Please on your way and turn the light off. It's very clear. It's not asshole-ish. It's not dictatorial. It's not tyrannical. But it's like that micro stuff. That's the stuff that adds up. So when we do get in a bigger situation or a heightened situation, such as in the bedroom, all of those little, yeah, I trust, I trust, I trust, I trust, I trust, I trust. Those pieces have been built. I'm not sure if I'm quite answering your question or if you're asking like, how do two alphas be with each other, which is kind of an impossible, this is how. That help? Yeah. Yes, sir. Uh, Robert. 
Yeah, I have something I'd like to say about that. Sure. Um, so the way, there are a couple of ways I deal with that. One of them is to look at it from the perspective of polarity. So if we use the masculine feminine polarity, I don't know, paradigm, something like that. Sure. Um, or framework. And what I see is the masculine is driving, directing, pushing forward. The feminine is more receptive, more flowing. So what I notice in my relationships is this polarity is always at work. And so if, for lack of better terms, just using this framework, if we have two masculine, they're going to come together like this. Somebody's got to be receptive in order for the connection in that moment to work. So if I'm in a position where I feel like someone is unaware of the masculine that they're bringing into our connection, mm -hmm. then I'll become the receptive one. Mm -hmm. And then at other times, I'll take the masculine role based on what feels appropriate in the moment and where I feel I would like things to go. Mm. So that's one way of looking at it. The other way has to do simply with managing, managing core wounds, things like that. It's like, where am I coming from with my need to be a leader? Mm. I don't feel the need to be a leader. I feel like I already am one, but I feel like everyone leads at some point consciously or unconsciously so it's simply what's happening in the moment mm. i use the polarity and i look at what's coming up in me that makes me want something and how i'm trying to get the thing that i want mm. am i using tact am i using all the skills that i've learned am i evaluating the nature of my want and am i evaluating the nature of my presentation Mm. It's like, beautiful yeah, yeah really appreciate that thank you thank you yeah, yeah. yeah i really appreciate that answer one thing I, I would love to add on top of that brad is is it coming from your through your heart right leadership that bypasses the heart sounds a lot like dictatorship feels a lot like tyranny and as soon as it's felt it's like boom let's put the armor up let's this is and it's my response to it even with men or women, I think it's most people's, but yet there's something about the purity. Like Robert was just saying, like, where is this coming from? I'll say, where is it coming from and what's it coming through? That adds the flavor to it, right? That's a little more of the nuanced answer, but beautiful. I appreciate that. Anybody else? David, you get to hear the, how do you set up the frame conversation? Yeah, I, I wanted to bring that up just because it's been a topic of discussion several times in the past week or two. Um, okay. Just to kind of, if you don't mind, Trevor, um, to go off what Brad was saying here, too, is, you know, leadership isn't always in a relationship isn't always making a decision either. Mm -hmm. It's not always making sure that things happen the way that you want them to happen. You know, I like to look at leadership as, as being you're either doing supporting or you're being supported. Right. And you can sometimes being that leader is being supportive of the other person in your relationship, right? Allowing them 
to make a decision that's going to impact them, that's going to impact the relationship. Um, and then if need be, you, you know, you help steer the ship. It doesn't always have to be that, you know, fist bumping um, situation together that we were demonstrating before. I'm holding my phone so I can't do both fists. I'll do it. Um, there we go. Thank you, Trevor. I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, but, you know, and, and allowing somebody else to step up is into a position sometimes is real leadership. You know, that's, that's love. And like Trevor said, is leading through your heart. And, that, and, and then it's really, really felt. Um, and that's how you get people, people to buy into your leadership and buy into who you are as a human being. Um, so just something I wanted to add real quick. No, I actually. love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Anybody who's managed a team or run a team, right? I have a team of, of employees or people. And a lot of times the conversation is, how are you? What are you going through right now? Tell me about your life. And to me, that's still leadership. Because if we, don't, if we don't work with that shit, if I don't know that stuff or hear that stuff, like, wow, how can I, the person who pays you, support you in this? It's still leadership. So I love it, Dave. That's a huge piece of this. Yeah, servant and leadership. Thank you, Mike, who wrote that in. And for those of he's you- He's not lying either, guys. Every time we get on the phone, first thing he does is ask, how are you? How what are you, are you going through right now? Yeah. He, he lives it. it. I have to. Right. And for those of you who are curious, I'm just going to pop this in and give Dave a little uh, sales point uh, for guys who are interested in running their own teams of uncivilized men's groups. Dave runs the leadership program that you, the precursor for doing that. So just to give you a little plug, he's got a, a course coming up in January, but now you know what kind of leader he is as well. I think a lot of times we get caught up the men and the masculine. We're still a little bit in the shadow aspect of the masculine, which is dictating as opposed to steering. And that is pulling in the divine feminine, pulling in your own feminine. And I know this is, it may be flipped, but if you're having trouble leading, look at your own relationship to the feminine. As uncomfortable as that may be. Okay, we got about five more minutes. Is there a question? Hey, Steph? A question. Oh. Oh, oh, go ahead. More than Margo. And then Steph. Hi, Margo. More than Margo. Hi, actually. hi, Trevor. <laughs> We're all more than the sum of our parts. But anyhow, Amen. Um, I, I had a quick question about implementing um, or maybe integrating is a better word. Um, these three points that you make about relationships, what's the balance between giving your other half the time to maybe chew on and integrate something that's, that's new um, to this conversation or new to your relationship um, and having some clarity, leaving the conversation, leaving room for there to, you know, be answers that come up, but also making sure that, that something is, is clarified or comes mm. of that conversation. It just doesn't get thrown up into the air and, Oh, we never talk about it again, or, Oh, I don't really want to explore this. Like how do, how do we integrate that? It's a beautiful question. Uh, besides being the master of ambiguity, I was the master of like doing the matrix with hard questions. <laughs> like, oh, we'll get back to that in a year. Um, so I think you're allowed to say in the, and in the conversation, you know, and the actual conversation say like, Hey, I know this is new. I know these are some new ideas and I don't expect you to get it right now, but I'd love to circle back in X period of time. 
And that's really what's comfortable for you. You're like, maybe we can come back on Friday and, and revisit this. Or, and I'm here throughout the week if you want to chat about like some things that come up. And guess what? This is going to be an ongoing conversation. I think what's more important than this just being the like, here's the one time we checked the box, we had the meeting, we got the one, two, three, and now boom, we never talk about this again, is this actually becomes the frame of the type of relationship that you have, where this is visited and revisited and talked about and reminded. And even from my end of saying, hey, do you remember I'm here because of this? Hey, do you remember this is, why, this is where we're moving towards. Hey, this thing happened today, which reminds me, like, this is where we're going. But I understand your point of, like, what's the balance between not being like, cool, you have 20 minutes, and I'd love an essay on this, and let's circle back in five years and, and visit it. I'd say one is going to be what works with you, like your natural setting. How is the relationship too? If the relationship is at rock bottom, and you're like, this, I, I've got about a week left in here and then I'm out. Then I think it can be structurally faster. If not, this should be integrated immediately of like, wow, that's a great, this should be an exciting conversation, right? It should be an enlivening conversation. Like, wow, yeah, where are we going? What do you want from me? What do you bring? Cool. Wow. How, how amazing is this that we get to talk about this? And what does that do? It creates intimacy. So I'd say if you're still feeling met and you're feeling uh, seen and heard and really met is the better word, as that processing is happening, then give it time. If you're not feeling met, then I think you're allowed to bring it back up. And that's just my off the cuff idea. Is that land? Okay. Land. Beautiful. Thank, Thank you. you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think it was Steph. Did you have a question? Uh, yes, I did. Can you hear Hi, me? I can hear you. Okay. I'm like super nervous. <laughs> oh, good. Me too. <laughs> like I'm sweating. <laughs> me too. Don't worry. It's like cold sweats. Um, first off, I just want to say, I just started listening to your podcast and I'm addicted. Literally. I can't get enough. Thank you. I appreciate um, that. most of the ones with, uh, Jamie Thompson. Mm. She's a unique yeah, human. She is. Um, my question is, is, um, so I'm single. I, it'll be 28 next month and my congratulations on both oh thanks yeah. <laughs> my question is i've been struggling a lot lately with being single because i've either been in a relationship or talking to men and they've either been very controlling or mm -hmm. not the greatest and mm -hmm. very hard to communicate my feelings to them mm -hmm. because i'm scared of you know, not being the cool girl that we talked about. Like, mm -hmm. I don't want to be that person that's, gee, she's always nagging. Gee, she's being a bitch today. Like, mm. God, I just, she's annoying. Like, I'm scared to be that girl in every mm. relationship. So I try not be that. Like, I over put myself into a relationship to be the perfect girl that they want me to be. Mm. So my question is, how because you always want men to be in touch with their feminine side to be more connected to their partners how would you on a female side what do you suggest that i should do not to be scared to not be so perfect i guess is the question do you know what i'm trying to say <clears throat> i know what you're i'm very to i'm not great with words <laughs> that was brilliant i think first of all okay. you just kicked ass on the question so okay <laughs> you're doing great 
I'm so red. <laughs> <laughs> I'm freaking nervous. You're doing great. You're doing I lit- No, but the thing is, I have no friends. So talking about my emotions is very hard for me because I what was that don't, last sentence? I don't have friends. Oh, yeah, I don't have a lot of friends and whoever okay. they are, they're married with kids. So like mm. the single life is beat like past them. They don't. Okay. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So here's okay. my my highly articulate answer is live a dope fucking life. <laughs> okay. Like make your life as rich and amazing and awesome as it can possibly be single. And this is exactly what I would say to a man in your situation. And that's is, what I'm trying to do. Cause I, everyone's like, well, you have to love yourself. And I'm like, well, damn, I don't know how to do that. Cause I've never put myself first ever. Sure. Loving that- yourself is, is really shitty advice. And that terrifies me because I'm like, well, fuck, no one's ever asked me, what do I want? What do I like? Like, what do you want? What do you like? I have no idea. I have no idea. So freeze right there. Okay. That's your work. Before you bring the, and I say this with love and compassion, the lack of those answers to a man and say, I don't know what I like. I don't know what lights me up. I don't really know much about me, but hey, love me. Or hey, uh, tell me how to love you, then really that is your work. Okay. It's, it's, it's not cliche of love yourself is super hard. I say live a fucking amazing life. Find what lights you up. Do you like music? Do you like art? Do you like dance? Whatever it is, and I know COVID may put some restrictions on that, do the shit out of that. Okay. Make it so that when someone meets you, you are so fired up about all your own shit that they can't help but fall in love with the fired upness. Okay. With the fullness, with the richness, with the joy, with the exuberance, right? Well, who yeah. are the most attractive people in the world? People who are like, holy shit, that person is just on, on fire. They're so full of passion and excitement. I just want to be around them. Okay. Not the person who's like, I just want to do everything that you tell me to do. <laughs> That's great for a half hour. And then you're like, yeah. well, what about you? So yeah, use this time, Steph, use this time. Okay. Right? Like you now, and I know it's the most cliche sentence in the world, date yourself. Okay. Like take myself on dates and stuff like that? Like go to dinner by myself? Fuck yeah. Go to movies, go go (laughs) classes, take workshops, read books, hang out with you. Well, I just got your book. I just got it in the mail. Blow your mind. It's the best start ever. Good work. I posted on my Instagram. um, Oh, I forgot it. And I hashtag it um, uncivilized men. And I got so many likes on my Instagram. I'm like, this never happens. Welcome to the revolution, Steph. Oh, Uh, what did I I post? Hey, Trevor, can I say one thing? Sure, 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 sure. Because I so actually identify with you, Steph. And I think almost every woman I've ever known, (laughs) as strong as she's ever been, can absolutely listen to what you said and know exactly what you're going through. Um, I will tell you that his advice is spot on. You Thank are you. 28 and gorgeous and you're full of life and you have so much to explore in yourself and in the world. And this is your time. This oh, is the that makes me nervous. <laughs> no, no, no. Well, <sighs> good. Actually. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Um, all the people that you're surrounded by by now who are married and have have settled, Mm -hmm. you can look at that and reframe it and say, I actually don't have anything keeping me back right now. There's nothing tying me to a place, to a schedule, 
to anywhere I want to go or a job I want to take or a risk I want to take. And the more you find those things, the more you start trusting in yourself that you can handle anything that comes your way. You start finding the things that light you up. You start finding the things you don't like, which is almost more important. And as you do that, you get what I call a pink starburst glow. Like everybody loves the fucking pink starburst. I think yes, they I do. That's a- it's, you know, that you glow. <laughs> and when you start to do that and you start finding your worlds, your people start coming to you who and are think- like you, who resonate with you. You won't have to nag because they don't have walls up. They already feel your vibe and the frequency will match. Mm-hmm. So yeah. take it's, it can be scary when you're not raised that way. When you don't have parents who have yeah. told you go explore, you know, you well, don't be married told, right now. Like keep your feelings in talking about your feelings. That's yeah, like right? not Most of our parents were like that. Yeah. My parents were like, you keep it in house. Like, yeah. especially when you're out in public, you're always the good girl. You buy <laughs> everything. And I'm just mm-hmm. like, sounds pretty civilized. Crap. I'm yeah. I don't yeah. want to be fucking civilized. Like good. I... <laughs> you're in the right spot. Like imagine trying to do all this with a husband and four kids and a mortgage and two jobs. Explore, use and this time, s- view it as and, sacred. Yeah. Like right? I don't and see it, but like that? I'm shaking. Good. Well done. Yeah, that's your adrenaline, and that's you tapping on your shoulder. And I'm 42. I've been married. I'm divorced. I have a son, and I still have had enough experiences in my life to know I can risk and I can trust, and I will make it. Yeah. So now's the time to set you sort yourself up for the rest of your life, no matter what things you end up doing. You're gonna do great. You're here. Got this. Thank you. (sighs) Thank you so much. You're welcome, Steph. Miguel, I think we had one more question. Did you have one? Someone just yeah. yeah yeah yes sir. How many time do you do you got? You're good. I'm good. Okay. I just want to say to, to Steph, first of all, like I don't know if you saw my comment, but pl- plan your life or take on like your life, looking at your fears, looking at what you don't like, what you're afraid of, if you don't know what you like or what you're wanting to pursue. That's that's a big revolution in there. Um, at least it was for me. So for me, um, very quickly and pragmatically. Uh, so I mean, like the first and biggest revolution in my life right now, and Congrats. it involves coming out of my nest. Like I'm very much self-aware. Like I know what I want, but I'm really good at keeping it inside of me. And I'm living with my parents right now. They are asleep right now, so that's why I'm speaking with this voice. <laughs> and yeah, it's it's like I've had a lot of shitty conversations, just projecting confusion at them, like not knowing what to say to them. And like I'm really intending on getting on and opening my fucking heart to them because I know what I feel. And like just saying that shit, like pouring the emotion through, not like uncontrollably and like confusingly but like getting on with it and but yeah i'm just fucking freaked out about it it's okay and confused about it like not knowing what to say or getting clarity emotionally about that like yeah in a feeling wise state yeah (laughs) brilliant none of this is easy 
right? It's super easy to have the mic on and, and talk about it. None of this is easy. They don't call them hard conversations because they're easy, right? And we can pontificate about it. We can visualize it. We can set it up beautifully. And still we're going to come there and, and, and go like this. Our hands are going to shake. But I will tell you, that is the magic of life. That is the juice. That is the shit you look back on and go, fuck, I changed everything. So good for you just for verbalizing it to us. You've, you've, you've got one in a row already, right? It takes a lot of courage to stand up and speak yeah. to all of you who've spoken tonight. To say, I'm fucking shaking, but I'm doing it. This is what we're about around here. We're not about like, oh, you know what? Cool as a cucumber here. I still pee like five times before these calls. They still make me nervous. I've been doing them for years. If I ever stop peeing, I'm going to stop doing them because this is the juice, right? So good for you, Miguel, because even just saying the words, I'm going to open my heart. I don't know if I heard that till I was like 42 and I don't think you're 42. Yeah. So just the fact that this, and, the, and you as a man, a young man, like you are the future. You give me hope. This is magic. And I think everybody on this call is just going to dump support on all of you. You, Steph, you, Miguel, everybody who's asked a question. If there's one mantra, it's like, you got this. You can do it. We've got you. Believe. Take the chance. If you fall down, pick you back up. All right, you guys, I know you have shit to do. I appreciate all of you. I love all of you. Thank you for coming on. I'm going to throw one tiny sales pitch in here for the nation because that's why we're here. Men, if you want to be part of this with guys supporting guys, guys who are saying, yeah, this is what I'm going through. This is my fears. These are my hopes. These are my dreams. These are my challenges. These are my successes. And so much more. Join us. We are not a cult, <laughs> for God's sakes. Maybe like a little bit. But we're, we're not a cult. What we are of a, a cult of people who actually give a shit, whose hearts are open, who are in the struggle together, who as men just got to say, wow, you know what? Doing this alone, it just doesn't work for me anymore. And if it doesn't work for me, it doesn't work for my family. It doesn't work for my partners. It doesn't work for my kids. And we can tell it doesn't work for the country and it doesn't work for the planet. So however you salute something bigger than you, I put my hands together, please do that for a moment now. And just honor yourselves, honor everybody else on the call and give yourself a little bit of a thank you and some gratitude for how you showed up and for the fact that you did show up. And if I don't talk to you before the holidays, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, whatever your, your wording on that is, I love you guys. Have a great night. Cheers.